This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You are listening to In a City Like Yours, a semi-monthly podcast featuring interesting people with interesting life stories. This podcast may contain language and or subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Michael G. Moore. Please visit our website at inacitylikeyours.com. That's I-N-A-C-I-T-Y. L-I-K-E-Y-O-U-R-S dot C-O-M for links to our social media, all popular podcast platforms, and links of interest pertaining to all episodes. On this episode, I chat with Artie, who is a psychic, medium, healer, and intuitive life coach. He came upon these skills beginning in his late 20s when he attended a seminar hosted by the Edgar Casey Foundation. At this seminar, they taught how to get in touch with your psychic self. He excelled at these skills, And after several years of playing around with reading for relatives, he decided to give his psychic abilities a go professionally. Now he works full-time helping and healing those who seek him out. Here is Artie's story. How you doing, everybody? My name is Artie Hoffman, and uh, I live in um, central Jersey, central New Jersey, and uh, I've been a medium and a psychic now for about 31 years. And what happened was, you know, what got me into uh, being a psychic and a medium, I had no intentions whatsoever to be a psychic or a medium at all. But, you know, growing up, you know, I wasn't born with the gift. I've learned to develop it. And, you know, and this is my story. So when I was growing up going in school I always wanted to become a therapist I always thought I was I not only did I think I was really good with dealing with people so I would probably say my personality was my best asset and so here I am you know I I was never a scholastic person though I wasn't really good at school you know I got by but you know for me school was more of a social ground I wasn't a troublemaker but you know I wasn't a bookworm either But like I said, I wanted to become a therapist, but yet I didn't have the patience for books and I wasn't really good at it. And, and, and it costs, you know, a lot of money to, you know, go to, you know, college, uh, you know, extended education above and beyond to become a really good therapist. But I just put it to the back burner kind of sort of, and I never went to college, but I actually, I wrote a book, Angels and Answers. It explains about the spirituality of life in a very simplistic way. And uh, in my book, it says I went to the University of Boston in Maryland for two years, but that was just to visit my friends. Um, so that was my college education for, uh, for the school years. But what happened was, um, here I am, I'm now like about 27 years old, and I have my own window cleaning power washing business, and uh, it's successful. But yet, you know, I had everything going right in my life. 
um, you know, as far as the house and the marriage and, and money and it, it, I, everything was going fine. But yet I still wasn't fulfilled. And I'm sitting in my home office and I look up at the ceiling and I said, God, I need clear answers and please don't scare the hell out of me when you give them to me. So, because I knew there was something more to life that I should be doing than just what I'm doing. So I go upstairs. I was in my home, you know, in the basement. I had, my office was in the basement. So I go upstairs and I go to my kitchen and I saw a bunch of junk mail there. And so I'm shifting through it. And there was a postcard there and it said, how would you like to develop your psychic abilities and intuitiveness? Go to the Edgar Casey Foundation in Virginia Beach for this one weekend seminar. And I looked at it, I said, wow, that's interesting. I didn't know you could learn how to do this. I thought either you had it or you didn't. So I asked my wife, who was my wife at the time, I said, you want to go to this? This looks really interesting. She goes, I don't give a crap. She goes, you can go if you want, I don't care. So. I went away for that one weekend just to see if I can do it. And I wasn't looking at it like it was the answer to my prayers. I just did it just to see if I can do it. You know, it was like it was like going to a program that said, how would you like to learn how to fish? How would you like to learn how to golf? It was like, you know, it was just more a curious thing. Well, I go to the, you know, Edgar Casey Foundation in Virginia Beach, and, and there's a huge room of people. There's about 50 of us from all different parts of the country. They got you into this spiritual mode. You know, there was a speaker there and he's playing this spiritual music, this soft, beautiful music. And he's talking to us and he said, just allow all judgments to go away and and just pay attention to your heart and soul. And whatever thoughts you get that come into your mind, just share it with the person. So they broke us down into groups and people were telling me how accurate my my reads were how accurate my thoughts were to them and i was shocked because i had no clue that this even existed like i was able to do this and the funny thing is is like when i was like in my late teens early 20s and i went to see other psychics you know people said to me says all right you know you could do this you know you have the ability to do this i go yeah 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 i can't even see tomorrow i can't even fathom that it's like whatever you know, just tell me about my love life and my business life. That's all I cared about. So I wasn't looking to be a reader. So anyway, that one weekend literally changed my life forever because, like I said, I was, you know, connecting to all these different people as we were breaking up into different groups. You know, we would change partners throughout the course of the weekend and share our thoughts. So, so I go home. So I go home and uh, I got myself a deck of spiritual cards and I was reading for friends and family for about three years, just for the fun of it. And again, people were telling me how accurate my predictions were. And I was like shocked. I was purely shocked every time. To this day, I take nothing for granted. And um, I could not, like I said, I just could not believe it when people were telling me their testimonials of what I said came true. So after... Um, a few years, I got to a point in my life where I needed some extra money. And I said, you know what? I don't know. I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I'm trying to think, what can I do beyond what I already do for a living? And so I thought, you know what? I know how to do readings. I said, I'll throw an ad in the paper. And uh, it said, if I don't pull through, no charge. Because I didn't want people to think that I'd be taking advantage of them. And I didn't want money 
to be an issue for me because I didn't want to choke under pressure because people are paying me all this money now. And I'm asking for more money than I've ever made before in my life. So it turns out that 90% of the people paid me. It just took off. And uh, through word of mouth and recommendations, and I've been on TV, I've been on the radio, and it's now 31 years later. I've read for over 29,000 people. And here I, I said to you earlier that I always wanted to become a therapist. And I have no college education. And now I have therapists who come and see me for answers. You know, and, and the thing is, I tell people, you know, it's a lot like it was a light like school for me. Like my friends would help me out with the answers. I cheated a lot in school. My friends would, would, would give me the answers. Not all the time. I mean, I can figure some things out. But it was like, it's the same thing. I, I get answers from the angels. I get answers from your loved ones who passed away. And they feed me information into my thoughts. And I share information with whoever I'm with in that moment. And there are times where people have medical issues. And I'm no doctor, but I've told people exactly what was wrong with them. But again, it's not from me. Yes, it's coming from me, but I'm being fed the, the messages because of the angels and, the, and, the, and my spirit guides or your loved ones. Because, you know, when I, when I communicate to people, it's not just psychically, but it's also, you know, as a medium. Now, the difference between psychic and medium, a psychic is someone who could tell you what's going on in your life. You know, your past, present, future, whether you should go, whether you should stay, whether you should do this or do that. And then a medium is somebody who can communicate to people who have passed away. So when people show me a picture of their loved ones, I look into the eyes of the picture and then their loved ones start communicating to me and my thoughts. And then I share the information. I don't always need a picture because when I do live shows, I, you know, there's no picture. Well, some people bring pictures because they know that's how I read. But a lot of times I just pick up spirit and I start sharing information. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, there are people who might think like what I do is the devil's work. They go, oh, it's against my religion or that's negative or you're getting it from Satan or you're getting the messages from negative spirits. Let me tell you something. I have helped heal so many people emotionally and physically. I have helped so many people that if you're telling me that the devil is giving me all this information, then I need to shake his hands and thank him because he's done some really good work by me then. But the bottom line is just because I do what I do, it doesn't make it negative. It's what your intentions are behind your action is what makes something positive or negative. So are there people who do what I do and manipulate the public to drain them out of money? Yes. But that's why when I first started this endeavor, when I start first started this path, I put, I told you, I put an ad in the paper. I said, if I don't pull through for you, no charge. And most of the people did pay me because I wouldn't feel personally comfortable if I felt like I didn't pull through. Now, being that I've read for so many people, I feel very confident in what I tell people. So you might not be able to appreciate what I'm saying in the moment, all right, when I'm doing a reading for you. But sometimes it's not until days, weeks, or many months later, even over years later, that two and two equal up according to what I'm saying to you. 
So, you know, just because you can't appreciate it, there are people who said, there's no way that's going to happen, or I would never do this, or I'm not going to get a divorce, or he's not cheating, or, or you know, I'm not going to move, or, you know, whatever. I said, look, I'm not looking for your approval. I'm just telling you my gut instincts of what I see happening or what I feel. Now, am I right 100% of the times? No, no psychic is ever right 100% of the times. Can I say, can I honestly say, am I right most of the times? Yes, I'm right most of the times, but not all the times. Because a lot of times when you give people information, it can change the course of events because you have knowledge now. Now I empower people. So a lot of times when people come to me for psychic readings and they're in very vulnerable positions in their life, they're in a bad relationship, they hate their job, dealing with their friends they're having a hard time with their own selves so what i do is rather than tell them what their future is going to be like if i just told them what their future is going to be like based on their energy coming to see me the reading is most likely going to suck it's not going to be good what i do is i i went without them saying anything i feel what they're going through and i tell them what they're going through and i put their emotions into words and so um, I help them rearrange their thought process so that they can now have a healthier perspective about life and about life themselves, about, you know, about their own life. So when you have a healthier perspective within yourself, that gives you more power. When you have more power, you're going to make better and healthier decisions about yourself. And that's the purpose of me doing readings for people. You know, I, I've told people, you know, there are people who said, I'm never going to get married. I said, yes, you are. And, I, and I'm very good at describing people's future love. I've also given people winning lottery numbers. I've given people, not pick sixes and stuff like that big, like pick threes, pick fours and stuff. I've done that over 80 times probably. And, um, you know, uh, winning situations with investments or whatever, you know, but it's, but it has to be given to me. If people just ask me for stuff like that, I can't always give it to them because I have to hear it from the other side. You know, so right now, for you to appreciate how I hear or how I see, it's like right now, so if you're in your living room or if you're in your car, can you picture what your bedroom looks like? You know, could you picture the house that you grew up in. So that image that you have in your head, that's the kind of messages that are sent to me from the spiritual world. See, for you, it's a recall of, of a memory. For me, it comes to me unconditionally, but I'm just letting you know that when I see images, I can see images of what certain people look like or what certain course of events. Or sometimes I'll see a video in my head. They'll show me a video. So I'll tell you what I see is going to be happening according to the video that's put in my head. So the video is equivalent to you. If you think about the last time you went on vacation or if you think about, you know, when you first woke up this morning and like all the little things that you did this morning, it's a video in your head that you could recall. See, again, it's a recall for you. But for me, it's a video of a course of events that haven't happened yet. A lot of times I hear I'll hear voices in my head. But when I say I hear voices, if you could hear the sound of your best friend's voice in your head, you could recall the sound of their voice. 
or your kids or your parents. You could recall the sound of their voice in your head. So that's how I hear. And a lot of times I'll hear songs in my head. So somebody will ask me a question and then all of a sudden the spiritual world will start playing a song to me. Whatever that song is about, that's what's going on in their life. And a lot of times they don't even have to ask me a question. A lot of times the spiritual world would just start showing me a song or playing me a song and I already know what's going on with that person based on what that song is about. So it's really cool in, in many different facets that, you know, the uh, spiritual world could, could show you. You know, other people get images in dreams. I don't get that. I don't, I don't see a course of events of what's about to happen, at least not just yet, in my dreams. You know, it's like when I dream, I just dream, you know, like abstract thoughts or whatnot, you know like a lot of most other people. But I don't, but I do have friends who dream of a course of events that are about to happen, and they do, but that's not me. I have friends that were born with the gift, but I learned it. I have friends that were in near-death experiences, and then before the accident or before whatever happened to them, they had nothing of the gift. And then as soon as they died, and they were clinically dead and they were brought back to life, all of a sudden they had the gift. They were blessed with the gift and they're able to see things or feel things or know things for whatever reason. You know, for me, I went to class. I went to a one weekend seminar and I, I was so fascinated by it that it was my burning desire of wanting to know more about it or to see how I could develop it more and more. And uh, let me tell you something. I met the most coolest people and I wouldn't have met 90% of the people in my life had I have not followed this path. And, and, and I've also, you know, have done uh, work with animals. There was a lady who once called me up and uh, on because I do a Facebook live show every Sunday night at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Eastern time, I do a Facebook live show called Angels and Answers, and I read people for free for one hour and they send in questions and I answer them. You know, I can't answer everybody because I literally have, you know, thousands of people watching and close to a thousand questions per show. So I can only answer so many within the hour. But I answer people, you know, during the show. So, but any case, so I do the Facebook live show and I read, and like I said, I I, um, I, I read for all these people and, and uh and, and, and I've, like I said, I've met the coolest people and I've helped so many people. So a lady calls in and she says, Artie, she, she, you know, texted me in. She says, Artie, there's a problem with my horse and the vet can't figure it out why this horse, why my horse isn't eating. And he seems like he's in pain, but we can't figure it out. Can you help me? So when she said that to me, the spiritual world showed me the lower stomach of the horse right where the stomach and the intestines are and I said I feel like it's inflamed and every single time the horse eats it hurts the horse because when it goes from the stomach going through the intestines it hurts the horse and, he, and he's got some kind of like a, a virus or bacterial but it's very inflamed and it's very painful for the horse to digest his food. So she went back onto my show two weeks later and she says, Artie, you were right. She said that the vet checked out 
and x-rayed the horse right in the area where you sat. And that's exactly what the problem was. And unfortunately, they had to put the horse down because he couldn't cure that issue, what was going on. But like I said, I'm no vet. I'm no doctor. I didn't go to Yale. I didn't go to Harvard. I mean, realistically, am I a therapist? Realistically, I am, even though I never went to college. However, people call me their psychic therapist, which actually I find very charming when I hear that. I don't need a certificate. I mean, there, there's no better experience. There's no better schooling than experience, the experience of life. So when you have hands-on uh, learning about anything, that's your education right there. Because there are lots of people who go to school, go to college, and they learn stuff through the books. They're book smart. But when it comes to the reality of dealing with life, there's nobody home upstairs. They're, they, can't, they still can't do the job that they went to school for because they didn't have enough experience. You have to have experience at doing what you're doing to become really good at it. You know, there's a one thing. There's, there's one thing to know it, and it's another thing to experience it, you know? You could try to tell somebody how good it is to have sex, right? You generally know what it's like, good, you know, how good it is to have sex. But until you experience it yourself, you'll never know how good it is until you experience it yourself. And it's the same thing with going to Disney, you know? You could try to tell somebody how beautiful Disney is or how beautiful Hawaii is. And that's great in the knowingness. But when you feel it yourself, that's living. Hi, it's Audra. Jason. And Matt. From Drinkopedia Podcast. We're a bad education podcast that's like drunk history for the full curriculum. We have new episodes every Thursday, and you can find us on most major podcast platforms. Join us at the bar and follow us on Twitter at Pod. So there was a lady who came to see me for a reading. Well, there's thousands of people who came, but there was this one situation where a lady came in, you know, and, and I'm reading for her and I'm connecting to her mother. And she said, you know, uh, already after the reading was over, she said, some of the things that you told me about my mother was kind of general. She goes, it was accurate. It, it did have to do with her. And other things, you I admit, you were specific on certain other things that had to do with her. But I'm still having a really hard time. I'm having a really hard time believing the fact that you're actually talking to my mother. And I said, I can only share with you what the spiritual world shares with me. So her reading was already over at this point. I said, well, let me look at your mother's picture one more time. So I looked at her mother's picture. And I said... Your mom is showing me cows. She goes, what do you want me to do with that? I said, I don't know. Your mom is showing me cows. So in my eyes mind, I started seeing all the cows get up on all fours. And they were mooing. They were all mooing. So I looked at her and I said, I don't know why I'm doing this, but moo. And she started to cry. And I said, what's the matter? And she points to her mother's picture. And she said, that's her name. I go, what are you talking about? Her name's Muriel, but everyone called her Moo. So that was pretty powerful. So she wanted to believe that her, it was her mother who was pulling through. And that's 
you can't get any more specific than that. You know, when your people, when your loved ones passed away, they're alive just as much as you and I. You know, your your loved ones who died. It's not that your loved ones died. No, none of your loved ones died. Even if they killed themselves or or whatever, or died at birth, whatever, they're not dead. Their soul, our soul, is who we are. And your soul, right now, in this moment, your soul is expressing itself using the body that you're in. So when you die, it's not you that dies. It's not your loved ones that die. It's your body that dies. And then the soul lifts up out of the body and takes on to a different dimension. So another story is a girl comes walking into my place. And she said to me, she goes, Artie, she goes, I just want you to know I've been thinking about you every single day for the last two years. And I'm like kind of flattered and I'm saying, okay. You know, it's, it's, I guess it's cool. You're thinking about me for the last two years, you know. And I don't know why, but she was thinking about me every day for the last two years. And I said, so what happened? Why? She goes, you did a reading for me two years ago. And I don't remember because I don't remember who I read for or what I say. She goes, you did a reading for me two years ago. We sat at this kitchen table here and you held my hand. And as soon as you held my hand, you said, highway to hell. I'm going to highway to hell. So, you know, singing the song by ACDC. So, and you sang that song to me and you looked at me and you said, if I don't stop what I'm doing right now, you said to me, I'm doing something that I should not be doing. And if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to get caught and I'm going to get thrown in jail. I'm going to get put away. And you told me I better stop doing what I'm doing. And... I did, I did not take your advice. And one week later, I got caught at doing something I should not be doing. And I went to jail for two years. And every day I woke up and I said to myself, why didn't I listen to Artie? So there was a time where I was doing a reading for a group of ladies in one big room. And I went to this one lady there's about 40 women in the room. And I went up to this one lady. I said, your mother's here right now. And she's telling you, you need to play her birthday in the lottery. Her birthday in the lottery is coming up real soon. You need to play her birthday. And so she says, all right. She says, I will. And so a couple weeks go by. And her friend who owned the cafe, because that's where I was doing the party at a cafe. Her friend calls me up and she says, Art, she goes, do you remember you were reading for this one girl and you you told her that you held her hand and you said her mother was there and you said that she, she needs to play her birthday on the lottery. I said, yeah, I said, I, I remember you saying me saying that now that you mention it. She goes, well, she did play her mother's birthday and I didn't know what the numbers were. I just knew she had needed to play her mother's birthday. She goes, she played her mother's birthday and she won $6,200. And and the beautiful, and that was her mother's gift to her from heaven. And this girl does missionary work where she does volunteer work, where she doesn't get paid for what she does, but other than room and board. So that was her mother's gift to her from heaven, to letting her know she's proud of her. I guess a skeptic might ask, uh, if you can do that, why wouldn't you do that for yourself and become a millionaire? What do you what do you say to that? 
Well, I'll put it this way. It's not meant for me to have. It's only meant for me to give away. Because if you knew anything about me, you would know that I have to at least give it a shot. And of course I gave it a shot. And of course I never won. Because I could only give it. I can't take it. I could help people with the gift. Now I get paid a nice salary. I get paid a nice commission for doing what I do for other people. But it's a gift for me just to give. I can't just do that. Because that would change. I guess that's God's way of keeping me humble. Because if I just became a millionaire, billionaire, whatever, it's like my driver enthusiasm might not be there because I'm personally taken care of or, you know, but I do have a drive, but I really do love doing what I do for a living. Are you, do you ever find yourself drawn to somebody? Like if you're out at a grocery store or somewhere and you see somebody and you're just drawn to go talk to them, does, does that ever happen to you? Once in a great, 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 blue moon once in a great blue moon i next to never do that uh, when i'm out in public it's like i'm off just like everybody else i don't want to know anyone else's garbage i do have friends that are on 24 7 with their spirituality with their psychic stuff or whatnot i don't want to go there because i don't want to pick up on everyone else's energy because my friends who are on 24 7 all of them suffer from depression on some level because they're picking up on everyone else's energy because they're never turned off. And it might not even have nothing to do with them. But are there times when I'm in a bookstore or I'm at a restaurant and, and I'll just see something about them? When I want to turn it on, I could turn it on. But there are, it happened very, very, very seldomly where I'm drawn to somebody. And, and, when, and if, it's, if that happens to me, yes, I will go up to them and tell them. Because I'm not trying to read into other people. Because I don't want to. I only want to when I want to. But other than that, you know, I'm just like everybody else in public. When I'm out in the mall or the beach or shopping or something. Well, do you, you think know? that it's part of them as well that is helping you read? Like they have to be perceptive to it or ready to hear what you have to say? No, no. Believe it or not, no, they don't. Uh, they don't have to be ready. You know, a lot of people aren't ready and they it just, you know, information just freely comes. Now, uh, that's why I don't try to read somebody who does not want to be read. There are people who come to see me for a reading, but what they do is they challenge me and I can't read them because either A, they're jealous and they don't want me to read because they, they don't want me to be right or B, they're so angry or so upset with their life circumstances or they're so upset with somebody who passed away or so they hold so much anger and resentment. It's like they don't want to know the truth. They want to be able to hold on to that negativity. So their energy could very well block me from reading them. So even though in one, their words might say, oh, yeah, no, I want to be read. I'm open. I'm open. But they're not. They're not ready. You know, I, I personally, I personally would never tell somebody when they're going to die. I won't say that. Even if they ask me, All right, how, when do you see me die? You know, I've told people I see you living a long life or the only time I'll tell somebody when they're going to die is if they're on their, you know, if they're taking care of somebody on their deathbed, how much longer do they have? That's different. You want to prepare if you can't, you know, if the messages are given to me. But anybody who tells you when they're going to die, they're, they're a crappy they're a crappy uh, reader. They're, that, that's, they have no heart. 
they have no heart. They shouldn't be saying that. Have you ever come across somebody that you you just thought this is a bad person? I don't need to be dealing with this person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You come across all walks of life. Yeah, there are times where I've gone into a house, only a handful. Now, mind you, I've done God over a thousand parties. And there maybe have been about maybe three or five houses. That's it. Three or five houses. The moment I walked in there, the house looked nice. The people were nice. I just wanted to leave like right away. But when people are excited to see me and they've waited to see me, I don't like to disappoint anybody. So, but if I, if I get the really, really bad vibes or whatnot, it's like, I just try to do the best I can with what I got. Well, is it only tied with people, or do you do you pick up on uh, like buildings and things? Were you picking up on what's in that house rather than the people who are there? Maybe something happened before. Well, yeah, that's what usually what it is. It could be the grounds of the house. It doesn't have to be the house itself. It could be it could be uh, the, the 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 grounds that the house was built on. Could have been a burial ground. It could have been somebody got killed there. It could have been. There was abuse uh, uh, from a family before the, the, you know, the people who I'm reading for who live there. It could be the family who owned the house before them where there's really bad stuff going on. But uh, thank God for me, it hardly ever happens. So it you, very r- rarely, rarely, rarely happens. You don't normally deal with paranormal experiences. No one, I mean, that, people don't call you to say, look, I, I think my house is haunted. Can you come fix it for oh, me? Oh, yeah. Oh, people have done that. Yeah. Well, tell it's us a story. Out. Tell us one of those stories. Uh, well, the thing is, is that when I go to a house and there's weird stuff going on in the house, every time I've gone into the house, I don't know what it is about my energy, but there's nothing that happens as soon as I step in the house. And I feel like the spirits know that I'm out there to get them. And so it's like they don't make themselves known to me. And so therefore they scurry. But what I'll do is I walk around the house and I say a blessing on the house to release any dark energy away from the house, any negative energy or spirits. And and I say a prayer and I walk around the house and I sage the house and I do like a little mini ceremonial. And then I bless the grounds. It, it makes the house lighter you, and then the spirits go away. You bless the grounds? Is that a religious aspect or... It's a spiritual, spiritual. Yeah, it's all spiritual. You know, if you want to call it a touch of religion, uh, it might be a touch of religion, but it's spiritual. I mean, I'm, I was raised in a Jewish family, conservative Jewish. My family's very Jewish, and I'm Jewish through and through, and I'm proud of it. Um, but I'm not so much as religious like my brothers. My parents were very, you know, conservative, religious. And uh, which is all well, fine and dandy. And for everybody else within your religion, that's all fine and dandy. For me, I'm much more spiritual. I 100% believe in God. I 100% believe in angels. You know, I believe in the ability of of the holy saints, even though, you know, uh, saints aren't so much as a part of the Jewish religion. But I believe in saints. I believe in angels. I believe in God. And um, and I always ask for their help every day, every day. I I start my day off by saying positive affirmations, and I suggest everybody to do the same thing. And and I'm going to tell you exactly what I say. It's my own little prayer. 
Now, mind you, we all have our own personal guardian angels. We all have every single individual born into this world has at least two guardian angels with them 24-7. Even after they die, they're still with you for a little while longer after that. It is your angel's sole purpose to be there just for you. That is their only purpose and reason why they're here on earth is to be here just for you, for whatever it is you need. But you need to ask and people miss out on that. So what I say is this, I call upon my loving guardian angels. Thank you for intervening into my life today, granting me peace, harmony, balance, and serenity. Thank you for bringing true love into my life. Thank you for bringing happiness and prosperity into my life. In the name of the Holy Spirit, amen. And that's it. And then I go about my day. And then if I'm hit with obstacles throughout the course of my day, I don't even worry about it. I just, you know, I just, all right, it'll work itself out. And guess what? It ends up working itself out. One of my friends said to me, he goes, Art, when it comes to life, he goes, it's all good in the end. And if it's not, and if it's not good, then it's not the end. There was a time when somebody once asked me, you know, Art, do you do homicides? Can you help us find the killer of one of our friends? And I said, sure. I said, I, I believe I can. This is when I first started, too. So I said, just show me a picture of the person. I went to the bar. It was a local bar. And I went there. I, I looked at the picture of the guy. I was able to describe what the killer looked like because their friend was killed. I described what he looked like. I described his personality. I described where he lived. And I also know how he killed him. The fella behind the bar said, I know exactly who you're talking about with your description. Because the place where I said he was living he was living at his mother's house and I described what it was like in a mother's house. He says, you're, and, 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 and you're describing exactly the way this guy is and the way he acts and stuff like that. With that, the police actually reopened the case because, you know, it was a, a dead case. It was a dead deal. But the, the, the newspaper caught up on it and they reopened the case. But the police did such a botch up job on this. They did such a piss poor job on this that um, they just closed it. And then when they reopened it again because of the information and, and I described the killer and stuff, um, after a few more days, they went back to closing it back up again because somebody was covering up for somebody. So, you know, it was a shame. But, you know, so can people find missing pets and people and stuff absolutely you know some people say oh if you're really a good psychic then what am i thinking it's like i'm not uh no that's a mentalist a mentalist is somebody who could read somebody else's mind you know that's not being psychic that's a mind reader is a, is a mentalist that's totally believe it or not totally different i was reading for this one lady and she she waited 
to the end for herself to be read. She let all her other friends be read first. She waited the last one. So I, I told her, I said, your mom's saying play 347. She goes, all right. She goes, as soon as we're finished here, I'll have my husband go to the store and I'll have him play those numbers, 347. So her, her reading is over. We go walking down the hallway and her husband is sitting on the ottoman in front of the TV with the TV clicker. And he's watching TV. And she goes, honey, she goes, my mother pulled through and she says, we need to play the lottery. You need to go to the 7-Eleven to, uh, to, to, um, to play the numbers. She goes, uh, he goes, uh, she said, play 347. And he's looking at the TV and he says, it's too late. It just came up 347. It was right on the TV. She, and she goes like this, son of a bitch. And I had to make myself last. And it was funny. It was funny. There was a time where I told this one girl, I said, you know, she, I was connecting to her grandmother. And I said, your grandmother is telling me that when you are taking selfie pictures, she is going to make herself appear in one of the pictures very faintly. You will see a very faint picture of your grandmother within the picture while you're taking a selfie picture of yourself. And she goes, all right, cool. So she goes out there and it just so happens while she was doing her reading, her cousins that were in the dining room, you know, they're all waiting to be read by me. All of a sudden they were talking and they start screaming. They go, oh my God, because she said what I said to her, to her cousin. And they looked at the, their own pictures because they were taking selfie pictures while I was in session with her. And she goes, look, look, she goes, there's a picture of grandma in the picture. She goes, while you were reading me, my cousins were taking picture of themselves, selfie pictures, and my grandmother appeared in that picture. <laughs>